Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Guys, that game was 100% about character. 100%. That's one of the hardest ones I've been involved in in all three phases. And you guys never wavered. It wasn't pretty, but we did whatever it took to win. That's the model of our whole team. Guys, we got another week together. Get in Coach Jack. I know you got a question. I know, Holland. I know you got a question. A question? If I might. Who has it better than us? No! You're built for this. You're f-ing built for this, man. And look what you got to do. You went out there and the what? It's another f-ing hot team that we knocked off. It's the next hot team that you knock off. You know how hard it is to win this f-ing league in the playoffs? Do you understand what you're doing right now? What we're capable of? That's two. All right? That's two. We got two to go. That was amazing. That was amazing at the end. I hadn't seen that one yet. Yeah, no, no big red in the locker room. Instead, we got the celebration from the Chiefs fan in the stands. Had to be a long day for him getting pelted by snowballs from behind. You know, I saw a comment last night, and I don't want to. I don't want to put it down. I'm not. Oh, putting it down, here but... he comes! Here no, he no. comes! Here it is! I... Dun, dun, dun. Look, look. <laughs> Let me just say this: Why do so many Bills fans not know how to control themselves when it comes to throwing snowballs or not throwing snowballs when there's snow in the stands? This goes all the way back to the '70s. I remember when the Vikings played a game there, and Chuck Foreman took an ice ball in the eye. Like in Green Bay, they don't do it. I saw our old friend Darren Gant point that out last night on Twitter. Do you ever see a snowball get thrown during a game? in Green Bay when there's snow around like it's like socially acceptable to be that way and throw snowballs that could hit somebody in the eye could hit somebody in the face could injure somebody in some way I just think we need to dispense with the snowball throwing I saw a lot of it yesterday and it's funny because the Chiefs players didn't care 
They're like, bring it on. Well, the Chiefs fans do the same thing, right? I mean, we almost got hit by them in the head. We don't. We were. What are you talking about? Don't you remember the divisional playoff game? We we were dodging them on the sideline when the referee. That's you. That's you. Rodney too. Rodney got one of them kicked out. It goes on in a lot of stadiums. Your point is like I hear you with Green Bay. It does seem more Buffalo fans. Yeah, just fans generally. If there's snow in the building, don't throw snow. There we go. That's a better PSA. I like that better. All right, but they don't do it in Green Bay. No, you're right. I don't remember it ever happening in Green Bay. I don't remember it very much either. You're right. Not not that I've thought about it hard, uh, but but I've definitely been at some Giants games growing up where it became an issue. Right, it was a Giants game where I believe one of the assistant head coaches from maybe the Chargers or the Oilers back in the when I was like twelve, uh, somebody got hit in the side of the head and knocked out on the sidelines. Right, so uh, it's drunk football fans, and that's what's going to happen when there's snow to throw around, and that's unfortunate because I hear you that way. I saw a bunch of it yesterday too, and it's going to happen in most cities, not just Buffalo. Yeah, there's a certain segment of fans in every city. Every location, they believe it's their birthright once they purchase that ticket to act like morons. And <laughs> yeah. it gets back to a theme from earlier in the year. The stadiums need to do a better job. The teams need to do a better job. Security needs to do a better job of identifying problems and getting them the hell out before they do hurt somebody. Because a snowball in the ice, in, in the eye, an ice ball in the eye could, could cause, you know, right. damage. I hear you. So, I hear you. All right. All right. You're good. I, Everything I just, else I just good? I just thought of that because the kid's brave to be there in Chiefs. I hear you there. And I saw certainly Mahomes and everybody dodging some snowballs at the end of the game. And you're right. They become ice balls at some point, too. And that's when it becomes dangerous. So I I hear you there. I do. Uh, But, but yeah, I think it's a a problem throughout the NFL. And, hey, you know, I understand those Bears, uh, Bills fans are extremely passionate. That was a tough one last night. It really was, and, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, it hurt them, and they let their emotions get the best of them, I'm sure. But, Mike. Hey, they had a guy in the stands yeah. right after the game ended, grown man, sobbing like oh, a baby. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. So, and yeah, yeah. I you can understand that. it. I mean, look how many years they've been waiting. Right. And they finally, and this is what happens, and this is what Steve Young said years ago. The closer you get, to the end of the road, the yeah. more it hurts when you finally lose. And you allow yourself to think this is our year. I said that last week. The Bills have put together a great story, but most of these stories end. Every story except one ends. Josh Allen basically said that last night. The season is good, ultimately, for only one team. For everybody else, it ends with a defeat. Yeah. And it's easy. You know, there's probably a lot of non-playoff teams that are thinking, thank God we didn't have to go through that yesterday. Because it is a lot worse when you feel like you let yourself believe it. We've all right, been there. Right. We let ourselves believe this is the year. Ooh, ooh, this is the year. Ooh, 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 this is the year. Ooh, it's getting better. Ooh, it's getting better. Ooh, we're getting closer. Ooh, we're getting... Ah, shit. Yeah, so I hear you. So it just hurts. The, you're, the closer right. to the top of the mountain, you get thrown down to the bottom. It just... It's worse. It's, so I it's, feel, I feel yeah. for those Bills fans today. Football's brutal. Even the ones who were throwing snowballs. That's, uh, there you go. Look at you. You, re, you rebounded. You did. You reevaluated. You did good here. Way to go. Way to go, big guy. All right, so I know we're both in Detroit yesterday. That was an unbelievable atmosphere. I know you drove home, right? You, you, what I didn't t- drive. Well, I know you didn't well, drive. I rode home. But what time, did you, what time did you get home? Did you get on the couch and get to enjoy you know, what, what I would say is, I don't know, the best game of the playoffs so far, right, with Mahomes and Josh Allen there. Uh, what, what time did you settle in and get to, get to, like, sit in the barn and start watching it? 
I didn't get home before the game was over. No, you didn't. We got out of there because they, they had me hang around yeah. for halftime. Right. Which is fine. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I originally thought I'd be able to leave right after we were clear for the pregame show. The truncated pregame show, thanks to a college basketball game that went into overtime and chopped <laughs> yeah. our one-hour show down to 40 minutes, which yeah. caused a lot of major surgery for the control room and for everybody else. Right. But I thought I'd be clear then because if we can't watch the game out on the field – and we're not allowed to watch the game out on the field, and that's fine. It's NFL's prerogative. If we're just going to be in a, a dungeon, green room, not a room, which was neither a green, hallway. which was which was neither <laughs> green nor a room, yeah. by the way. And I don't look, look. Let me let me before I go any farther. The people of Detroit are awesome. I love Detroit. Everybody we encountered was nice. They Definitely. were they were genuinely not phony happy. Right. They were genuinely happy that we were there. There was a guy that I saw as I was leaving, and he said, we love it when guys like you are here because that means good things are happening. And everybody was nice. The fans in the stands were nice. There was nobody talking crap. There was nobody trying to give us problems. It was all very positive. It was all very uplifting. They were genuinely happy to be there, and, and it was different in that respect from any other stadium I've ever been in, because there's usually the pockets of people who want to be buttholes. Yes. There were no pockets of buttholes in Detroit yesterday. Everybody was really nice. I'm genuinely happy for those folks. I love Michigan. I'd never been there before except to go through the airport. I could live in Michigan. I got a short list of places, folks, where I could live and also places where they would let me live. And I don't know whether it's reciprocated by Michigan, but Michigan is on my short list of places where I would live based upon my experience this weekend, right, well, even though it was single digits. Michigan, you know, do your due diligence if he decides to move in the town. Make sure you, <laughs> yeah. you, you research him thoroughly and get, get used to what you're going to deal with. <laughs> I, uh, so, like, I got done, we got done with the game. I was fortunate enough to get on, you know, the, the big wigs had a, a jet at the game, right? So I got to go home on that, which was awesome. It really was. But what it made it weird – Right, I was supposed to get on a flight around 9.30 at night, and I was like, okay, that's not the worst, right? Because I'll be able to sit in the airport and watch the game and kind of do it that way. So now, okay, going to be you know, with the big wigs flying home, going to get home a lot earlier, but not going to see the game. So I was like, oh, man, how do I do this, right? So I, I was like, I'd like to watch the game and not know who won and try to enjoy it. Do, is that, am I capable of pulling that off, right? Am I capable of not looking at my phone, telling people to be quiet? So I got up like on the plane at one point and like PSA was like, listen, don't anybody tell me the damn score of the oh, game. Geez. I don't want to hear. Please don't let me know. I'm going to try to go home and watch it. I get off the plane. I'm putting my luggage in the car. The car driver's about to go in on the game. Can you believe the bills? And I go, what? Shut up. I don't want to hear it. So I had to fight this the whole way home. Got home. And, of course, my family knows. My son's a Mahomes fan. He loves Mahomes. But they're, they're playing it close to the best. I can't tell who's won. I'm trying to read them or whatever. So I sat down on the couch last night at, like, 10 p.m., 
and watch the whole game back, right? Wow. And wow. Uh, I know because and you didn't know. You pulled it off. You really didn't know. I pulled it off. I really did not know. I did not. I, I had a like when my son came out, he did a good job. He was a little down when he when I and I was like, oh no, he's down. That means my home's lost because that's when he he'll sulk a little bit. But he he obviously was acting and he pulled it off. So I was genuinely surprised at the end of the game and uh, a classic as always. It was a, a really awesome to watch. So anyway, back to my story. I thought I was going to leave at three. It's about 20 minutes back to the hotel. It's five and a half hours exactly door to door from the hotel where we stayed to my house. Exactly five and a half hours. And it shouldn't be, but the guy drives so, you know, a little faster than the posted speed limits would, would indicate. So get on the road, left it. I stayed until halftime. And I was only getting on at halftime unless like somebody shot the Pope or something. That's the only way I was getting on at halftime, but I still, whatever you want me to do, it's my job. I'll stick around in the not green, not room and watch the first half of the game. And that was nice because it was collegiality. We're watching the game together. We're having some chicken wings or chicken tenders and popcorn and potatoes. And that was nice. So halftime I'm cleared. I get back to the hotel. I'm on and, and watching the lions box game while I'm trying to pack my stuff up and, you know, get out of the suit and pack the suit up so they don't have to gather all my clothes because I left the stuff in the room and get in the car at five and got home at five at 1030. So I got home about a half hour after you did. But I watched both games right. on my phone right. in the car, didn't miss anything. And it was great. It was awesome. It, the, the best way to make a five and a half hour drive yeah, is to you. watch football games that take up about four and a half to 445 of it. However, there was one complication. There was one complication. While I was watching the game, I missed a phone call from my son and I missed some text messages from my son. And during a commercial in the game, I pulled it up and the text messages went like this. Emergency. Call oh. me now. Oh, no. Call me right now. Oh. Emergency. And then the last one was never mind. And then after that, I flipped the Ranger and the Ranger is our four wheel vehicle with a roof on it that we oh. use to go back and forth to the barn right. and we use it to plow on it to do the snow here and it's a utility vehicle and it's ice. The snow turned to ice on the hill and he had some buddies here and he had brought one of one of them up to his car because he had to leave because he's working this morning. Coming back down, down it went. Oh, and, man. And silly me, and he's fine. He's got a little welt on his head, but he's fine. It's like, you have a concussion. I checked him out when I got home. He's fine. Scary. He had to climb out of the thing. It's mm -hmm. on its side. But I just figured, okay, it flips to the side. You just, you know, you you pop it back up and it's fine. Nope, it's it's done. It's because apparently when it when the when the whole motor goes like this, right? It shifts. The motor's running, right? And the motor's running and yeah. it cycles through without oil, it's done oh man so yada 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 i gotta buy a new vehicle today. all that's right all right that's it oh, i'm glad it's I'm... fitting since we're in the land of motor vehicles exactly maybe, maybe, i don't know does ford make one of those maybe i'm sure I'll they do i'm sure they do and i'm sure they take mike florio's money so you can look it up today and figure it out <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh we'll start with the Chiefs beating the Bills 27-24. Man, I was rooting for a hole-in-one. I had 30-27, to 27, and I thought that's what it was going to be. And, you know, there's so much to talk about from the game, but the contrast to me, the thing that really stands out, the final two minutes of the game two years ago was nonstop roller coaster. Oh, my God, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. The final two minutes of this game were largely uneventful. Yeah. 
And it felt like, you know, there was a point where you're watching the clock, you're looking at the score, you're watching the clock, you're looking where the bills are. And it's kind of like playing Madden, where you go through those machinations in your brain. Hey, I could milk this all the way down to zero. I could do this right. And I'm either going to score a touchdown and not leave him 13 seconds, or I'm going to score a walk-off field goal and go to overtime and not have to worry about losing the toss and giving up a touchdown to start overtime and not getting a shot to match it. So it felt like that's exactly what they were going to do. Sure. And then, and then they got pass happy, thrown for the end zone. Like instead of – like it felt inevitable they were either going to force overtime or win it in regulation at the two-minute warning. And then something changed. And they decided to go for it, and the hell with it. We'll play defense against the Chiefs. We'll, we'll do what we have to do if we score on this second and nine laser to the end zone when he had digs open underneath. Yeah. And they said he got hit when he threw it. I, he kind of did. I don't know how much it threw him off, but they're going for seven there. Yeah. They're not going for milk the clock and walk off win. No, so you're exactly changed. right. The mindset changed at the two-minute warning. Where they're just kind of like, screw it. Let's not worry about this. Let's just go score. And that's what they tried to do, and it didn't work. And then they missed the field goal. And no points scored after the two-minute warning this time. No, you're right. It, it was, well, I mean, really, the, the fourth quarter, I think in a lot of ways, if we had to sum it up, you could almost say it was, you know, a little sloppy. Maybe not. It was the, probably the, the worst-played quarter of the football game. And, and hey, players make plays there. I do think Allen got bumped just as he's throwing that, right? You know, and I understand him making that throw and that decision. That guy was there. The touchdown was there. It was. It's just that, you know, Chris Jones made a nice power rush, and I think as he's throwing it, it hits him just enough to where it took his power away and fell flat, and he's aggressive. And, yeah, Stephon Diggs was underneath, you're right, to probably get the first down and keep the thing going. And then it becomes field goal, and up there, we know it's windy, it's cold, it's not an easy place to kick field goals. It's not. I, it, it's it's still – I'm amazed by the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm amazed by them. I don't know any other way to say it, right? I'm astounded by their ability to, one, look a certain way. Stuff like this doesn't happen in professional sports where, oh, hey, we trip, we fall, we didn't really play the best football this year, we were kind of the B-plus or B-minus versions of ourselves all year, we dropped passes – we threw dumb interceptions and big moments. We missed field goals and some bad moments, whatever, right? We've talked about the Chiefs playing with their food. Uh, I mean, having games where they're asleep at the wheel against lesser competition. We're dominated on Christmas Day by the Las Vegas Raiders, like dominated. And we all go by, well, when the playoffs will come around, the magic of the Chiefs, playoffs, Mahomes will start to show up. And, and my you know, 43 years of experience in sports is like, that's rare that you can just go, wait, we weren't that good, but now that it counts, we'll turn it on and we'll be really good and we'll be a force and watch out. And all of a sudden we'll play the game clean and do all the little things right that we kind of did wrong all year. And they get in the playoffs and they do it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm amazed by that. You just don't see that in professional sports. And then they just, I think on top of that, Mike, they embrace all of it. They're the greatest traveling show in the sport right now, whether it's Jason Kelsey with his shirt off on the stands with the fans and Taylor Swift and her entourage. I mean, it just it's, it's unlike anything we've seen. Six AFC championships in a row, the way they do it, the flair in which they have, in which they play, 
the Kansas City Chiefs, we're watching something really special. We'll see where this goes, but it's already special that they got to six AFC championship games in a row, and last night was a special performance once again by them. It's easy to take it for granted. It's yep. easy to get lulled into, oh, well, that's Here just they how go it is. Here they go again, right. And right. this year it was easy to think, well, maybe it's starting to end. Maybe the window's closing. Maybe they're not going to be yeah. great They forever. can't do and this every sudden, year, right? Yeah. All of a right. sudden they just hit you. They just hit you right over the head with it. And that's a key ingredient that I think makes this different for them. You know, the one benefit of having extensive playoff experience is you operate more comfortably in that environment Definitely. where you know it's when you're That's the Tom Brady mindset. Tom right. Brady lives for those moments, and I think Patrick Mahomes is getting to the point where he does too. But if there's enough that's different, I think you throw a little twist in there, and it's stimulating. Right, that makes I hear sense. you, right? It's not the same old stuff. Right, we're going right? on the road now. Nobody's put us yeah. in this corner, we're right? Underdogs. Yeah, we're right. underdogs. Yeah, right. We're underdogs you. again next week against the Ravens. Uh-huh. It's a different mindset than they've ever dealt with, so you have enough of the old and you sprinkle in enough of the new. Yeah, it gives them a new energy. It activates everything. Right, and you, right. Hey, hey, look, here's this sums it up. This sums it up. The guy who couldn't catch anything all season long is all of a sudden looking like a combination of Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Chris Carter. I mean, the Marquez Valdez-Scantling catch over the shoulder where he made it look routine. I mean, this guy drops everything. He makes that catch. And I'm like, uh, there's no way they're losing tonight. They were trailing at the time, early in the third quarter, first play from scrimmage. He makes that catch. And that's when I said, the guys drive me home. I think I said it. I don't know. Maybe I thought it. They ain't losing tonight. Uh, Not after that. I I hear you. He had a couple of nice catches. Oh, this one right here. I mean, come on. That's insane. They're not dropping the ball anymore. No, I know. All the stuff that plagued them during the season. And I talked to Mahomes after the game. Before Christmas. Right. What do you guys do to get these guys to stop dropping the ball? What, what, tell me specific, because I don't, I don't want to hear cliches. I mean, I let him say the cliches. And I said, but give me something concrete. And, you know, you go out and you catch more passes and you more, and it's just something that eventually the, the switch folds. This is my take on it, but at some point you just keep at it, you keep at it, keep at it, and the confidence comes back. It's all mental. And, and, and it, it may be a byproduct of this whole thing of it's different. I we've hear you. A little different we're the focus. Now. Yeah. We're not the hunted. We're the we're the team that's supposed to lose, not the team that's supposed to win. When you're the team that's supposed to win, what happens? You get a little tight. Maybe you do think a little too much as the ball's coming in. Maybe it does squirt through your hands when you're the team that's supposed to win. When you're the team that's supposed to lose, you're like, hey man, screw you. You say we're supposed to lose, we're gonna go win. And you don't think about it. It's all about concentration. What is it that causes you to concentrate or not in that moment? And it's as much of a difference as we're supposed to win, so we better win. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. or we're supposed to lose. So, all right, let's go. Okay, we'll show you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just as easy as that yes. to have the mindset to hold the ball versus dropping the ball. No, I, I think, you know, what you're talking about. And then, uh, listen, it, it's a team that, uh, you know, to what you're saying, a little bit might have been lulled to sleep a little bit. Like, oh, God, here we go again. Regular season. Yeah. We're going to be the number one seed. Whoop-dee-doo. I think they lost focus a little bit. I I think you're right. I said the same thing on the couch to my wife last night. The Chiefs are re-energized by being this road team. This is new to them. This is cool. Oh, wait. We're going in the stadium and being booed? And, like, they're telling us we stink? And, like, yes, they love that. 
They haven't had that element as much through a playoff run like we've seen some of the other great dynasties or whatever else. And I know they're not a dynasty yet, but damn, they're close to one. And and you're right, they just don't feel pressure. You know, it, it's something I think we both kind of wax poetically about with them over the last five to six years. Is just and why I continue to pick them, repeat them to go to the Super Bowl. Because I think they embrace all this. Oh, what? No expectations. Or you're, you're cheating us out of expectations or whatever. You're doubting us. They love it. They love the spotlight. They're like the, the greatest traveling show on earth right now. And they're led by, you know, the Taylor Swift of quarterbacks. Whatever, whoever you want to call him. He's just incredible. What he did yesterday, the, the way he leads, the way he's on the field, giving everybody a high five, defense makes a stop, offense makes a, you know, gets a field goal, whatever, right? His determination, I think to your point, once you've won a Super Bowl and you came back by 10 late in the fourth quarter, there's no more pressure in football anymore. Now it's just like, wait, I've been here and this is not as pressure packed as that 49ers Super Bowl I had to deal with or the Eagles last year. This is nothing. And then I think he's very legacy, legacy, uh, you know, uh, uh, understanding of that. And he, like you've always talked about, I think he knows he's chasing Brady. And hey, he won up Brady yesterday and won. It took Brady 12 years to get to the, his sixth AFC championship game. Mahomes is doing it six or six. It's six. insane what we're watching. That's all. And I hope everybody can appreciate that. I know it gets dull for some people all oh, the chiefs again but it's it's pretty incredible what we're watching in the pantheon of history of the nfl first team ever to go five straight years with multiple postseason wins in a year where the lions got their first postseason win since 1991 and their first multiple postseason wins since 1957 the chiefs have done it five years in a row and you and I both love watching the demeanor of players during games, specifically the demeanor of the quarterback. And we spent so much time last week talking about the bad body language of the Eagles, the yeah. bad demeanor of the Eagles, the sense of resignation that emanated from Jalen Hurts last Monday night throughout the entire game, wire to wire. It felt like there was this notion of it isn't happening yeah. tonight. Let's just go home. Right. Patrick Mahomes, when, when he's not on the field and they cut to him, He's got this look that's a combination of, like, confidence, interest, yeah. patience, yeah. anxiety, but not right. in a bad like way. Like, concerned anxiety. Like, am I going to have to go down here and score a touchdown here, yeah. or do I have to go whatever get a field goal? Here, right. Whatever happens right. here, I'm ready to go. He and I'm not look. too anxious. I hear you. It's not like, give me the ball back. Right. Right? But it's like, I'm always ready. Let's go. I'm watching. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm watching. Yeah. I'm ready. And it's like SpongeBob. I'm ready. I'm ready. He's always ready. And he's never down. And there's nothing that happens on the field that makes him say anything other than, all right, let's go. All right, let's go. That's why it was so crazy in the last Bills game when he blew a gasket the way he did. Yeah, right. Because right. he's always in control of everything that he presents to his teammates, to the opposition, and to the world. And I think that's what was so important last week to hear Lane Johnson, the Eagles tackle, explain the bad demeanor isn't just something that infects your team. Bad demeanor is how you show yourself to your opponent and your opponent sees it and their attitude is, we got these guys. We got them. So uh, that, that the, the, you're, you're right. We're witnessing history. We all want to witness history. And we all want to be aware we're witnessing history when we're witnessing it. Folks, 
we're witnessing history. And I know you've got your other teams that you root for, and the Ravens fans out there don't want to hear that the guy who is giving us history one week at a time is coming to town this week, and your team might just be the next chapter. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not saying anything about the Ravens. Chief thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't start yet. About it. Wait, wait till Thursday, saying, at least. <laughs> I'm just saying we're witnessing history. Right. Kansas City Chiefs. And as I said last week, every good story comes to an end. And maybe the road ends for the Chiefs this week. Maybe this is the first year they lose in the AFC Championship. But your point, my point, we're witnessing history. Let's enjoy it. We all want to do it. Sometimes we don't know it when it's happening. Folks, it's happening. Enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. it it's, it's amazing, too, how you know they can find different ways to win a football game. I don't think there's any doubt that they were the better team on the field yesterday, right? The Bills weren't far off. We know there was chances to there, to, there to be had, right? But I think when you look at the, you know, things, are, the, the bottom line, listen, we know turnovers are the number one thing to dictate a football game. After that, explosive plays. And I think that's where we're going to get into the conversation again, which we've done this a lot, where – Hey, Kansas City's just got more elite players than a team like Buffalo, where for three years in a row, you and I have raised our hands and gone, Buffalo, you got to get some more game changers on both sides of the ball. And I think, again, we saw that last night. There's just not enough there. And the Kansas City Chiefs got them on both sides of the football. And I, that's where I'm amazed with... Yeah, it's not the high-flying show that we saw three years ago, four years ago. This year, they're now into a mode of like, hey, we're just going to do whatever we got to do to win the game. Mahomes, we don't care if he throws the ball 45 times a game. We're totally fine with 23 attempts. He'll be efficient and smart. And when that oh, there's a, 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 a crack or a seam to throw the ball down the field to Valdez Scanling, he'll hit it and make an explosive play that way. And then, of course, our run game. So they've almost reinvented themselves with the way they're playing so far during this run as compared to other ones we've seen. And I, that's where I have you know so much respect for them once again. The ability to run the ball, uh, Mahomes showing he's capable of not being the main center of the show and, oh, i got to throw the ball every time. This is what we got to do, and I just got to strike with a big play here and there. That's fine, and that's what he did. And it's just the culture that Andy Reid has built there. And then, of course, this quarterback leading the charge where they, they are just really tough to beat in these one-and-done type of scenarios like we saw last night. Stat of the night, plays of 20 yards or longer. Chiefs had eight. Bills had none. That's incredible. That's incredible. It speaks to the game itself. You know, I'm not saying anything you don't know. But, yeah, when Buffalo had a drive to score a touchdown, life was hard. It was Josh Allen. Let me throw a three-yard laser here. Let me put my uh, my shoulders down and dig in here for five. Let me throw a laser here. Let me dig in for five. Here's Cook for four, right? So, again, there's not enough to be worried about on that Bills offense at times so where they can open up the field. That was an incredible play. That's one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. Run for 10 yards, lateral it, and almost get a first down on third and 17. That's insane. This game for at one point, right, second quarter into the third, you were going, is this going to be the greatest game I've ever seen in my life? Are these quarterbacks on fire? Are they ever going to miss a play, a throw, a read? I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is setting up to be amazing. And then we know the game got a little sloppy or whatever and some mistakes are made, and we'll get into that. But the quarterback play was at an extremely high level, except – 
you know, one guy, as we always go back to, just has to it, – It's look at all the highlights and plays we show of the game. I mean, just look at that. This is a – we didn't, like, pick these out. These are people at NBC that work here. Everything Bills-related is, is Josh Allen running around, doing this, doing that, doing that, right? And then I think that speaks to it. It's like a chicken with their head cut off sometimes. And then there's Mahomes, who we know can do all that, but he's got enough around him, too, at times to be like, okay, I can just stand here and, oh, boom, I'll drop it in there. My guy can beat him deep downfield. Oh, oh okay, boom, I'll do that. And that's just, just a different game. And the Chiefs, Brett Veach, all that, they got studs across the board and playmakers, and it's something the Bills are going to have to address this offseason. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Remember when it was going poorly for the Bills, it felt inevitable at times that Stephon Diggs would not be back in 2024. Yeah. And I still think there's going to be questions about that. Agreed. They tried a long ball to him that, and I was surprised at the candor of Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I believe it was Nance who said he should have caught it. Yeah. It was, either, it was one of the two. It was it Nance was. or Romo. Was it Nance? It was Nance. It was Nance at yeah. first, and then they watched the replay, and Romo was like, oh, man, it went right through his hands, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the closest thing you're going to hear to criticism because you got to play it down the middle if you're going to broadcast a game. You don't want to have the one side, oh, you hate my team or you love the other team, you're biased or whatever, but it's stating the obvious. Also, you don't want to criticize players either. They're out there doing their best, but Stephon Diggs should have caught it. Yeah. And it was yeah. one of those moments that would have – resulted in a momentum swing exactly chunk of yardage being gained right the bills would have had at least one play of 20 yards or more for the night if stefan Diggs had caught that pass but that's why they brought him here that's the skill set he has those are the moments he's had in the past that's what made it so surprising and it goes back to your point that it feels like at times it's just too much josh allen yeah and he is incredible right the stuff he was doing like it was heavyweight fight it was thriller in manila exactly it was Ollie versus Frazier or Foreman or everybody else Ollie fought that was a big fight. It was incredible. It felt like it was going to be toe-to-toe, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until regulation ended 
or overtime concluded. It felt like it was going to be one of those games. That's why it felt so weird when all of a sudden yeah. the breaks kind of got put on it in the fourth quarter. Right, right. Like just as we're getting ready for the scoreboard to light up, it it just kind of – because I was watching th- – 30-27, I got it. Holy crap. Early on, I'm thinking there's no way 30-27. It's going to be 50-47. And then as we're getting close, I'm thinking, huh, they get out of there. Tyler Bass makes that field goal. It's 27-all. Chiefs work their way down the field, walk off field goal. Nothing like having a hole-in-one on your score prediction for a, a playoff game. But that Tyler Bass, that was the ultimate kibosh. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time where an announcer will point out that a guy hasn't missed a kick in X number of weeks or is, yeah. you know, the Gary Anderson thing. Right. And, and Nance was so far over the top talking about how Sean McDermott praises Tyler Bass. And we have complete faith in Bass that when there's a huge kick to be made, he will make it. And there it goes. Wide right. Scott Norwood. Unbelievable. With the, you know, a gotta have it kick with the season on the line. It started toward the middle. Yeah. And then, and it doesn't, didn't even look all that gusty. I know. I know. It's hard and to tell. And there it went. Oh, that, yeah. you know, that angle. If you're a Bills fan, you never want to see that angle. Like, don't even put a camera down there. I don't want to see that angle of the ball passing the upright like that. It looked just like Scott Norwood's ball going by the uprights when you were a kid and you were enjoying the Giants winning the Super Bowl, even though. Yeah. Still didn't play that game. You still enjoyed it. Still I got did. a ring for it. Still the G men winning. Yeah. So no, it did. It had shades of that. It, it felt like that. I I feel for the the Buffalo Bills, their ability to fight, rally. It's more than commendable. It really is. And they they hung in there last night. And of course, you know, played some great football. And and you know my thoughts on Josh Allen. I think he's one of the greatest talents I've ever seen in the sport. And he's clearly one of the best players in football. He is, but they need to do, you know, more around him. That that's just the bottom line, right? Like you know, the the, the, the bottom line is like here's one for you. Um, since Jordan Love was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, right, in the last few years, they've drafted six receivers and and almost that many tight ends, right, in the fifth round or above. Here's Josh Allen. Deep into his career, I think they've drafted one guy, receiver, tight end, in in front of the fourth round. That's it, right? That's where they they got to start going all – they got to stop. Instead of going, hey, Josh Allen is so awesome, he'll cover up holes on the offense. Let's spend our money everywhere else. They got to start going, let's invest on our best investment and see where that takes us. Instead of him having to carry the load – Let's let's make everything great around him. So then it just becomes so tough to defend. How can what do you defend? It's hard to stop Allen running, the quarterback runs, the scramblings. Oh no, there's people downfield that we need to double and do that. That's where I'd like to see them go. Certainly. Uh and and that that's where it's just too much on Josh Allen and and of course yeah, when the great defense like the Chiefs and Steve Spagnolo, once they got a feel early on and how they were being attacked, you saw it was Bubble had to manage drives. They had to be careful. They had to really be like, okay, it's third and three. What's our play for four yards? We got to try to do it that way. And it was just too hard that way where we saw Kansas City get in the mode as the game went on where it was like, wow, my gosh, they're just five plays, touchdown, boom, six plays, touchdown. And, you know, that's, that's to me the, the difference in those two football teams. I have some thoughts on that before we get to that. Yeah. Let's hear from Josh Allen after the game on losing yet again to the Chiefs in a single elimination setting. 
sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. Here, there, it doesn't matter. Um, you just losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a big change. I think it's just again we gotta gotta find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. Um, you know, there's one one happy team at the end of the season, really. And uh, when it's not you, when you're when you're so close, it just it sucks. That last answer was in response to a question of whether or not he believes minor tweaks are necessary or major changes moving forward. And, you know, there was a moment during the season where we thought very major changes would be, could be, and even should be made to the Buffalo Bills after the loss on the Monday night in November to the Broncos that resulted in the firing of Ken Dorsey. We thought it was just a matter of time before Sean McDermott followed, barring a dramatic turnaround. We thought maybe Brandon Bean, the general manager, was in grave danger. Is there another kind? Barring a dramatic turnaround. We got the dramatic turnaround. But now that the great story ended, you got to take a step back and ask yourself, will there be a decision made? at the ownership level of the Buffalo Bills, that contrary to what Josh Allen says, we just need to find a way to score one more point. You know, if they listen to the things that Chris Sims says about the flaws in the team, will there be major changes even for a team that got to the divisional round? And this is the same conversation, (laughs) similar conversation to what we had last week about Nick Sirianni. Right. Potentially in trouble in Philly. How can he be in trouble after three straight winning seasons, playoff seasons. How can he be in trouble a year after taking the team to the Super Bowl? Well, John Fox got fired year after taking the team to the Super Bowl, year after losing, no, no, the week after losing in the divisional round in 2014. So it's not unprecedented, and we don't know what ownership's thinking. I'm not taking a position on the issue, but, but you got some big name coaches out there. You got Josh Allen. And you have to wonder, and I think if you are Terry Pagula, the owner of the team, you're not doing justice to the franchise if you don't at least sit down and think this through. Do we keep going with what has failed to get us to a Super Bowl, despite having Josh Allen for the same number of years as the starter as Patrick Mahomes, who's gone to the AFC Championship game six out of six times, and Josh Allen's been there once? All right. Or do we make some sort of dramatic move when a Mike Vrabel is available, when a Jim Harbaugh is available, when a, dare I say, William T. Belichick (laughs) is available? And I have no idea if his middle initial is T. It just sounds good. So (laughs) it's, it's you at least you're doing a disservice to yourself and the team you own and the city if you don't just think about it. I'm not saying do it, but how can you not at least sit down and think about it, Chris? Well, I think because, that, yeah. because you keep doing the same thing and you keep getting the same result. I, I, I hear you there. That's exactly right. You know, and, and to what we've seen in these situations is about expectations and where you expect the team to go, not necessarily like, oh, it was a good year and that's enough to keep your job. 
we get that, right? It's, it's about, no, no, we, we thought we were a Super Bowl team and we can't get there. So that, that, I think, adds a little bit more to the situation, right? I also think, hey, Terry Pagula ownership too. Uh, you can't forget, you know, like we started off the show, we're, we're talking about one of the, the great teams in the history of football with a guy that's, I mean, he's going down a lane here where he's just like, it's, it's Mahomes, it's Brady and Manning. I mean, that, that's what we're looking at right now as far as this guy at quarterback. So, you know, they're losing to a special, special team. I don't think they can lose sight of that. I think where Terry – I would not make a change, Mike. I would not. Where Terry Bikula, I think he would – I would sit back and go, hey, guys, obviously we've got to readjust. And this is where I'd like to see him jump in and, hey, Brandon Bean, hey, we've got to spend some money this offseason, right? Let's be aggressive in the draft. Let's start to go all in on the Josh Allen situation a little bit more and apply pressure that way and see if we can't become a little bit more of a dangerous, explosive team like we see the other top teams in football. Again, when Tony Romo, who's played a ton of football, kind of tells you Josh Allen played perfect tonight other than the one play we showed where he kind of got hit as he was throwing, Diggs was open underneath, right? But he could, other than that, when Tony Romo tells you that and that still is relegated to 186 yards and one touchdown, there's something wrong there. It's not good enough, right? Our superstar quarterback's playing perfect and it's 189 and he's making incredible scrambles and runs and we're still having trouble and that to me is the black, like the blinking lights wait superstar quarterback uh defense pretty good wait something's not working and that to me is where we get back into the support around him some different playmakers there right guys that can make a play makes a break an ankle shoot up the sideline for 40 or 50 yards and that's where I think they're limited and that's where I think they need to go back to the drawing board like you've heard me say and and try to get wow. some of those guys and th- this is the challenge for an owner who, by all appearances, doesn't meddle. Are you going to start meddling now and telling the people you've hired to do the job what they need to do differently? Right? That's the that that's the and I- I've had coaches tell me, look, they all meddle. They just yes. meddle in different degrees right. Right. of obviousness, but they all have a finger, if not an entire ladle in the stew. But for Pagula, I think the deeper question is, do I trust these guys to do what they need to do? Do I get somebody else to come in and do something different than what they've done? And I guess the middle ground is, I'm going to tell them what they need to do. And if I'm an owner who hires people and trusts them to do the job and gets out of the way, it's counter to that. If all of a sudden I'm telling them, hey, I was watching these two knuckleheads on Peacock this morning and they were talking about what we need to do. You need to do what they said. Like, why is he exercising that prerogative when he's letting them do their thing? So it's almost like, you know, what's the old saying? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. When you say, I'm going to let you guys run things, it's kind of like how Robert Kraft handled Bill Belichick. You're running everything. And if it doesn't work, it's on you. It's not on me. I'm not telling you what to do. It's on you. If it's not good enough, then it just ends. So I think that's the real question. Before we ponder who else is out there and who could come in and make the difference, I think Terry Pagula has to ask himself, do I trust the people that I have who have been producing the same result year in and year out, close, 
but no cigar. How do we improve that with the people who have produced the same result year in and year out, close but no cigar? That's the tough question. Again, I'm not saying that there should be a change of general manager, change of coach. And I know that folks in Buffalo get very sensitive when we say or write these things. All I'm saying is Terry Pagula owes it to himself, to the team he owns, and to the to the city of Buffalo and all those fans to at least work through yeah. the options and right. make a good decision. You don't just say, well, that was fine. That worked out. Let's just let's run it back next year without even questioning it. I think you at least need to question it. I, I agree. And, and I think bottom line is, and we, we this is really the third year in a row we've said this at this time of the year, there needs to be more sizzle players on the Bills, period. I mean, again, Tony Romo, Jim Nass, they're doing the game there. I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about a Bills defense alignment the whole night, right? There was not one guy you ever talked about because they were non-existent. They got pushed around in the run game. Mahomes had all day to throw the football. All day, right? And, you know, back to our one of the things we say all the time, right? I mean, from that standpoint, hey, Kansas City was the better team on the field last night. They're the healthier team. It's going to be a better matchup that they won last week. I would have worried about Buffalo uh, next week, excuse me, against the Ravens. So that's going to be great. We know that. The other thing, Mike, I'll just bring up with Buffalo is I think the biggest thing they're going to have to figure out is what do they want to do with Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator? He did a really good job. He took over a really tough situation. We saw, though, as the year went on, teams figured out how to defend them a little bit. You know, yesterday they relied on Josh Allen run game and some of that stuff once again to kind of get them through. But there was no schematical, oh, look what they're doing to the Chiefs today. Or, ooh, there's this, right? There, There really isn't that aspect. And that's to me, do they stand their ground with Joe Brady and go, hey, we think he'll continue to grow and get better and better? Or do they find somebody else and try to find their new Brian Dayball, right, who can come in, rein Josh Allen in a little bit so he doesn't have the turnovers he did this year and get the best out of him that way? I'll be interested. That, to me, is going to be one of the biggest decisions they have in the organization is what to do with the OC, Joe Brady, and where do they want to go with that offense? Great point. And you're right, because, yes, it was enough to turn it around late in the season when it was a new tweak. Is it enough? Is it the right approach when you're talking about week in and week out from week one through week 18 and you need to be able to deal with the ebbs and flows and the shifts and the changes and everything that goes into being an offensive coordinator for a defensive-minded head coach where you have a lot more power and a lot more authority than you do in a city where the head coach has an offensive background. They've told me to break, but not very forcefully. So I, I do have to mention one last thing. And Please my guess do. We didn't be, get there yet. At it least. would have been around. It would have been around what midnight, twelve fifteen for you that you saw this, and I wondered why you didn't respond to my text. I was not. Yeah, you're and right. I started texting North Korea, North Korea, North Korea, <laughs> and this was a moment where, hey, you know, the Chiefs were going to go up ten. It was after that failed. Well, punt. We got to discuss DeMar that. Hamlin yeah, came up short. Right. Yeah. And, and you get the Isaiah Pacheco run, and here's Mecole Hardman heading for the end zone. The ball's out just before, and you see what it does. Look what it does. It comes out. It crosses the white stripe. It heads into the blue, and then it just kind of bounds out. And if it had gone out at the one-inch line, it would have been the Chiefs' ball. But because it went out on the other side of the pylon, and even though the Bills didn't recover it, 
It's Buffalo Ball first and 10. That's right. That's right. Sims Jong-un, baby. Give well, us that ball. Hey, it's in North Korea. <laughs> they're already talking about possibly changing the rule. Yeah. That's been mentioned gratuitously, unprompted, during the December meetings when they were talking about possible rule changes, you know, you know about the hip drop and they're not going to get the tush push out. But this whole idea of you fumble through the end zone and the other team gets the ball to 20, they're going to talk about it. And I'll tell you this, if the Chiefs had lost last night, there would have been a much louder cry from all those Chiefs fans and all those Taylor Swift fans. Because what happened last night, I think, was the moment closest to it happening in a Super Bowl. Because I've said all along. Yeah. So continue until it happens in a Super Bowl and you get casual fans who see that and say, that makes absolutely no sense. Why would the ball go to the other team? So you have all the Swift. And that's now. where they need me to come in on a PSA and explain to them Same why they should get the ball. North and I'll Korea. explain it to you because that's the Buffalo's territory. And that's the only thing they own in the field. And it was free. And now it was in their country, and they get to keep it. That, that's where I – but, but hey, I hear you. Uh, one, Mike, I will say this. One, I mean, I was shocked they overturned it. I thought it was so close that they would just leave it, the, what, the call on the field, and say he was, you know, down by contact. Two, hey, listen, we need to discuss the punt. I don't know if you want to take a break or whatever, but, like, there's well, we still – the games to talk about, but let's do it. Do we have that? Let's do it real quick. Okay. The, the, the fake punt. The fake punk, because the Chiefs had 10 guys on the field, so somebody called this fake, and it blew up in their face. Exactly. Now, now, what what I'm interested in, was it called on the sideline? Was it an automatic check if they saw a different look or some look where they thought, wait, you know, when they play it this way, we're just going to go right to it? I certainly thought that was a very risky, risky call there in that moment, right? That, to me, is one where I go – my old saying, you've heard me say a lot lately, you can't win the game right here, but you can lose it. And they got close to losing it there. If it wasn't for Sims Jong-un and McCole Hardman reaching out there, they're going to be down by 10, and we're going to go, well, that's over, thanks to the fake punt. So they, they, they dodged a bullet with the McCole Hardman fumble, but very curious call there and a big moment. And that one, to me, was a little borderline too aggressive for, for that situation. Have faith in your team and your defense. Punt the ball. And, and here's the thing. If you're going to be on your own 30, fourth, and five and run a seat of the pants, check to a fake punt because you count 10 guys on the other side of the line of scrimmage, like that's your standard operating procedure, screw that. You got Josh Allen. Yeah, I hear you. Right. Just leave him on the field. Yep. If you're going to get frisky in that moment, get frisky with 17 on the field. Don't take a chance that just because, well, we always check to this, if we see this look and we're just waiting for it, it's presented itself to us. Let's go. That That is a bad strategic plan. And it just feels like kind of an old school. This is what we do in this moment. We got this look and we go and do it in this age of football. When we see teams going for it all the time on fourth down, if you're going to go for it in that setting on fourth down from your own 30, fourth and five, don't do a fake punt. Leave Josh Allen on the field. And let him run for it after the you know the first or second guy isn't open and Josh Allen does a Josh Allen thing. You're far more likely. I don't care what the analytics say. You're far more likely to get a first down with Josh Allen on the field with the ball in his hands. 
instead of DeMar Hamlin with the ball in his hands on something that just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. And yeah, there's going to be some explaining to do by a lot of people on what happened on that play. Not as bad as it would have been. Not as bad as it would have been if the Chiefs had scored. But for Kim Jong un, yeah. that would have been like the major talking point that they never get away from. All right, we got to get away from this game. When we return, we're going to back up a step. The early game from Sunday Buccaneers at the Lions. Detroit advances, as you know, unless you haven't watched the game yet. If so, watch the game. Why are you watching us? We'll talk about Lions Bucks next here on PFC Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.